This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to join me, rejoin me here on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my host show, Living Fearlessly, with the Contact Talk Radio Network. We go live, 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal stellar guest who's risen in the ranks of what he does for a living, top expert in his industry. This gentleman, who I actually had the opportunity to meet on December 6th in New York City, we were both invited and sought out as uh, key experts in our industry to meet and greet and uh, and just connect. And I'm so glad that I got to meet Lou Diamond, my guest today. So given how expansive my program is uh, in terms of listenership, I'm just going to plug a little bit about Lou before I turn it over, as I always do, to unscripted dialogue. So who is Lou? Well, what I can tell you about Lou is that when it comes to putting great people in touch with other great people, Lou Diamond is the master. He has over a quarter century of experience in sales, relationship management, business development, and executive coaching. Lou's authenticity, energy, and enthusiasm for what he does, along with his unwavering passion and desire for helping people overcome their fears and achieve their dreams, is unmatched. If you're trying to find the right way to make the connections essential to building your team, to achieve your business or personal goals, Lou Diamond is the man to help you make the connections to make that happen. Aside from selling everything under the sun for most of his adult life, Lou Diamond is an energetic, comical, inspirational, not afraid to get his hands dirty leader, business development strategist, and performance coach. He is also the author of Master the Art of Connecting and one of the most powerful connectors you'll ever encounter. Lou's been a top producer at every firm he's ever worked, has led sales teams at Accenture, Deloitte, Omnicom, Merrill Lynch, and Bank of America to achieve record revenues after year after year. Lou is the CEO and founder of Thrive, a leading consulting and coaching company focused on making the most credible leaders and top performers even more amazing. He has consulted and mentored leading performers at hundreds of companies the world over. He will send you on your way feeling as though you can conquer the world and make tons of great new connections doing it. Lou is the sought-after keynote speaker, certified as a co-active coach by the Coaches Training Institute, a Cornell University graduate, active alumnus, and guest lecturer, a passionate sports fan, avid golfer, loving husband, and extremely proud parent. Wow, Lou, what a repertoire. I, I got to tell you, I want to meet this guy. Who is this person? 
Exactly. It, it can't be right. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I can attest to the fact that he actually does exist, not only because I have him live here on radio, but because I met him December 6th in New York. Well, so, Lou, I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your hectic schedule uh, to have your hands in that many pots. Uh, it must have been difficult to reconfigure your schedule in which to accommodate being with myself and the listeners today. So I want to thank you for that. First of all, stop right there. I would have dropped a dime on anything to be on the show with you. So <laughs> let's get that right out of the way. It's my pleasure to be here today. So we're both in a, in a happy place to make this call a lot of fun. Oh, fantastic. So what I'm going to do, I always start with the question, uh, again, unscripted dialogue. But before we delve into all the things that were mentioned in my plugging your bio a bit, I want to find out a little bit about the inception of your journey. You know, who were you as a little boy? I, I, do, I did read your book. I absolutely love your book. And I'm going to talk about specifically what it is I love about your book. Um, but, you know, you started out with the fact that you've always been one to connect the dots. So let's extrapolate from that and maybe that's a segue into the journey of where you are now. No, it's, it's, it's an interesting path, I guess. The way I like to think of it is when, when I started out, I, I was always the person that knew everybody. Um, someone, you know, the guy who literally you would mention a name and I would have met that person at, at one phase of my life or another. And I, I never actually thought that that was something that was so unique. I, I just figured everybody had that. And it's, it, Throughout my entire life, I've always been that person, the one who was able to easily get right to, to somebody. That game, you know, what they see, seven degrees of separation, for me, it was like a half a degree. It's like, oh, I know that person. I hung out with them last week. Um, and, and this carried over into everything I did and, and my natural outgoing personality. Um, you know, you're going all the way back since childhood. You know, I was a hardworking student, a, a lot of fun to be with. I played sports. Um, was very into girls, you know, like everybody else at whatever age that was, and eventually recognized that one of my uh, key skills was not connecting as much as I loved selling people. I, I loved actually working with people, whether it was from a client management point of view or getting to meet new people every single day. Like I love that. It's actually great. That event you talked about on December 6th, you put enough alpha personalities in one room, you get uh, quite a – Quite an energy, an energy brewing, uh, and and everyone is is in that spirit of not only wanting to meet somebody, but everyone in that room actually is inspired to help other people, and and that's that's the type of uh, environment. That's my playground. Uh, I had a whole career of sales and consulting. I always led sales teams, as you've mentioned, through that whole list of companies I've been at, and uh, somewhere working on Wall Street not too long ago, I guess when. There was a point where it was a lot of fun to work on Wall Street, and then there was a part where it was not so fun, and a lot of people didn't like you as much and all that fun stuff. Uh, I, I knew that something was wrong and needed to change in my life. Uh, in the spirit of connecting the dots, what I was doing at work, and I was very successful at it, I, I worked at a very large investment bank and helped uh, – I was actually on that side of the world after 2008 of the people who were trying to – to put everything back together and the world was bashing wall street and you have all these people sitting on trading floors really trying to keep the country financially stable we weren't in the group that was dealing with those very bad assets that everybody was looking at i was on the rescue team so to speak um and after doing a good job rescuing whatever we could i knew something was wrong i i felt it inside uh i wasn't as much as I loved the clients I was working with, I felt like I was limiting myself on what I could do, and I actually sought out a business coach, and I was working with that business coach to try to figure out 
maybe I need to be looking at other opportunities or other spaces. And the funny part about that was I was with that coach and after working with her for a few months, I was more fascinated in what she was doing. So somewhere around 2009, 2010, I actually at that point made a decision while I was working to become a coach and not exactly sure where that would, would lead. Mm-hmm. And while I did that, I recognized something that goes back to what you mentioned in the beginning of my journey, which is that uh, this ability that I have to connect people was something that not everybody had. And coaching was a very effective tool in helping people connect and helping people really understand what's wrong with them. And this helped me with the clients I was working with. It was helping with people that I knew personally that were having troubles with what they were going through. And I was able to kind of carry that over and recognize that there was a gap missing in the business world, and that was that great leaders and top producers, when it came to actually going out and needing to connect with people, they weren't always doing it as well as they could. And there was something there, and that kind of lit the bulb under me or the fire under me, whatever the right expression is. And it made me want to do something completely different, and I did something crazy. I left my job. I um, partnered with some interesting people that had some great coaching experience as well, and we started uh, formulating an idea to really connect great businesses and great leaders and help them exceed and take themselves to the next level, really launch themselves and make themselves even more amazing than they are. And uh, and that along that journey came the book that you read um, on ways that people can do it. Uh, one of my clients about two years ago sat down with me and said, you do realize that what you do is something that you need to share with everybody and how you connect is something that you really should let the, let the word out. So get out there and do it. And that's kind of where it all started. Fantastic. And and here we are. And here we are. And I love that story. I love your energy and I love and appreciate the fact that you took the time to connect with me in New York City because there were a lot of people there. And I mean, for the, there was time where we actually had to sit and we had to listen to some of the guest speakers. Um, and then there was obviously opportunity to network, interface and connect with people. And you took it upon yourself to come over and introduce yourself to me. And I just want to say again, I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, but in terms of now knowing your story as a result of you initiating that connection with me, you really are somebody who walks the talk. Um, you know, before you even took the time to tell me a little bit about yourself, you were more interested in my story and who I was and what kind of put us in the same room together. And I just want to say that those soft skills uh, you know, they're so important and you've honed them so beautifully and no wonder you're as, as successful as what you are and as likable as what you are and as relatable as what you are, uh, because you've tapped into what it is to, uh, truly make those connections and what it is people are seeking and, and conversely, what's lacking, as you pointed out, you know, connecting the dots and seeing where people are falling short in being as successful as they want to be or being as fulfilled in their personal lives as what they wish to be. Um, because sometimes, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. So the fact that you've kind of immersed yourself in these people's lives to want to propel them, to take them to the next level, uh, you know, we need people like you. So I'm so grateful <laughs> that you exist. Well, well, and right back at you. And, and I think what's, what's great about even our even our conversation uh what what i what i love to do i do love to listen i love to hear what people have and um 
I also have a weird way of viewing people. I, I know you, you've talked about this because I wrote about it in the book when we spoke about it before, that I actually see people a little bit differently. It's, it's like they have a globe around them, and mm-hmm. all their different assets pop up as I learn what those things are. And, uh, and you know, we, we talked about, obviously, that you're from Ontario, and, and I know clients over there, and we're starting to connect your history and the stuff that you're doing on Contact Talk Radio and your show. And, and the thing that always sticks out for me is your hashtag, uh, you know, Living fearlessly is is just awesome. Um, it, it it also is one of the cores that I focus on yes. in work in working with not only just with individuals but with uh, with large companies and recognizing what's holding them back. And it's it's really funny because I, I've followed a lot of the stuff that you attack and how you act and how you speak and the way you communicate. And uh, you just you just take fear, grab it by the horns, and just ride it. It's just spectacular. And and what's great is that you know exactly what it is that holds you back and what them, that is. And that is the key, by the way. The key to living fearlessly is knowing what those fears are and knowing how to move through them into courage. And um, so so all this the stuff that you're talking about, how exciting it is for me, I just I was listening to you and hearing everything that you're doing, and uh, your bravery is is why this show is successful and also why so many people connect to you. It is it is the type of of it's a characteristic or an attribute that people really want out of themselves and they want to see more of. And uh you know whether it's and, and I'm not talking gender specific, you know, whether women want to be more like you, men want to be like you. You have that energy and that vibe that carries across to everybody. And that's the type of thing that I love. I love watching people like jump out of that. That's actually part of the reason why I did want to go meet this person and said, who is this fireball over here? And, <laughs> and, 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 and this, and these people, cause these are amazing people. Um, Seth Godin uses that expression. People like us do things like this. And that's exactly what this is about is, uh, you know, you live and breathe it every day, which is what I, which is what's great and mirrors a lot of the stuff that uh, that I write about in the book. Well, I, I'm not quite sure what to say to that. I'm not, and I'm not oh my God, to... you're blushing. You're blushing. I can see it through the radio. You're totally blushing. No, it's good. It's true, though, and you know it, and that's, and that's what inspires you every day, which is amazing. Well, I'm deeply touched, and I'm deeply honored, and uh, what a genuine compliment coming from somebody who exemplifies and embodies that within their own life. So thank you very much for that, Lou. You're welcome. Um, so, you know, I, what I want to say to listeners as well, this isn't just because I, I have authors come on my show uh, amongst many other talented individuals from different walks of life. Um, but, you know, what's what's different about Lou, so not only has the success of his book, it's reached number one international bestsellers list in 12 management and leadership categories. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, that's an absolute phenomenal. It's kind of um, crazy, right? It's crazy. It, it, I yeah. know. And, and you put this book out when? Like not that long ago. Oh, no. It came out in uh, in uh, right at the end of November. I think December 1st was the official first date. So Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, truly what you're saying is resonating with people. It, you know, people are sponging up what you're saying, and they're incorporating it into their lives and their businesses. Uh, and I want to talk specifically, we're going to hone a little bit, we're going to focus a little bit on all the chapters, the 10 chapters. But of course, you know, no coincidence that the chapter I first want to delve into is chapter number four, uh, <laughs> you know, the fearless mindset. And so for people who aren't familiar with this book, people who aren't necessarily familiar with this chapter, um, let's talk a little bit about the fearless mindset. Uh, what that what that means to you, and if we can use the example that you cited in Chapter 4, Michael Thomas, because I think oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, so – and uh, 
my, Michael's story is, is a great one that he, um, I, I actually, what I do, um, at Thrive is we go to lots of different companies and I'm working with a lot of top sales teams or leadership teams, uh, all, all different, whatever, depending on the size of the organization I'm dealing with as high as the, the C-level executives to the top producers. And one of the workshops that we actually were doing was to help people, um, kind of, you know, improve the, their game and, and, uh, and address some of the keys that they needed to, one of which actually was, in Michael's case, was uh, public speaking, and which is uh, – you've probably heard the expression, uh, people are actually more afraid to speak in public than they are of death. So yeah. uh, they'd rather die than actually, um, <laughs> than actually speak in public, which is, which is so interesting, right? And, and his story was great because um, a, a week before I went in to meet, we, we had a list of all the people that were going to attend. I went to the offsite, and uh, the head of the company was not actually at this particular meeting. So we get there and we go through, and there's always reasons, you know, people cannot come. People are ill. People are, are sick, uh, whatever it might be, and Michael didn't show. And we went through the workshop. Everything was fine. And now I did a recap with uh, the leader of the company to sit down with them uh, to review some of the great learnings that we had from that really powerful day. And when I sat there, he specifically asked, "Where, where's Michael? Um, what, how, how did he do in this particular thing? I go, well, Michael never came. So he, he scrolls through his email, and it was really interesting because he goes into his email account, and there's a message there that said that he was not feeling well. And, um, you know, he had to, to deal with something. And at the same point, um, he hollers out in the office to have Michael come back into the office and come in. And he doesn't know who I am because he didn't come to the workshop. So I'm there with his boss and Michael comes in, sits down and we're, <laughs> we're, we're there. And he goes to him, how come you didn't go to the workshop at that point? And at this point, he recognizes obviously that this person he doesn't recognize in the room, me, is the one who, who led the workshop. And he said, well, I had a personal matter to attend to. And the boss says, well, on this email here, it said that, you know, you had some kind of illness that you were dealing with. And I thought that was rather ironic. I go, it seemed to be both. That maybe <laughs> there, was, there was something that was keeping him in bed that day. And there was something that obviously he couldn't even face it. The reality of what was happening with Michael is that Michael was so afraid to even address his issue of speaking in public that the thought of knowing that he might have to work on it on that day was was so terrifying and so sickening to him that he could not get out of bed. He literally couldn't move. And we've all had days when fear beats us down and, and literally crushes us. Uh, there's something up there. There's there's let's if in this particular case, you have to speak in front of a large audience or you you need to. uh Remember back in the days of school when you knew to be called on and you were afraid if you didn't know the answer, you'd be not living up to the expectations of whoever it was, the teacher, yourself, your parents, whatever it is. There was something inside of Michael that really was was beating him down. And interestingly, what we did in that workshop was everybody had different types of fears, public speaking, um, asking about the price, how they could you know talk about price with their customers – uh, you know, asking for more business, asking for business, actually. People actually have this fear of of asking for, you know, hey, I'd love to work with you. I can't even begin to tell you how many people go present their capabilities and they say, this is who we are, this is what we do, thank you very much, and they leave. And they never, <laughs> act, and they never actually say, we want to work with you. We'd love to work with you. Let us, you know, can we please do some business? So true. So this this is the fear of asking for the business, in Michael's case, fear of public speaking, and a lot of the most common fears all relate to the fear of failure. 
And a lot of people are so afraid to let people down and that perception that it can literally hone them down. And there's a physical feeling. Fear is real. It does exist. It's not imaginary. I used to believe it, it didn't exist. I thought it was something we made up in our head. We know this because, you know, if we, if we weren't, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have fears. Uh, I, I call them the deathbed fears, Lisa, but mm-hmm. the, fear, the fears are basically, you've seen this on every, you know, Lifetime or television special. At the end, some elderly member of the family is there. Their, their last words are there, and they might have the loved ones around them, and it's such a, a bad moment. But at that point, you know, you don't care about your job. You don't care about speaking in public at that point. You don't care whether the radio show went off well or not or how the book is doing. Now, there's only two things you care about at that point. You care about was I loved and was I appreciated. Mm-hmm. And everyone in their life has these fears that roll up to this. So in Michael's case, you know, probably being respected was what would happen. And if he let people down, um, that would probably be the issue. And maybe whether he was liked, you know, if some people have a perception of that. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, Michael ended up doing a lot of work. I ended up working one-on-one with Michael. <laughs> A lot of work. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm proud to say, and I had in the book, my favorite part about this is that Michael not only now leads his sales meetings and gives the updates internally at the company, um, he volunteers to speak at special uh, off-sites for the company, but more notably, he's joined Toastmasters. And, is, yeah, and he is speaking all the time. And I get a phone call from him, you know, like every six months, like, thank you for helping, helping me move through it. And so just a good story, but I'm glad you like it. You know what? There's there's a lot of reasons why I love that story. But the one I'm going to highlight right now and and discuss with you and the listeners is, um, you know, it was an accountability piece because to face your fears, you also, if you're incapable or you're immobilized at the time of, of feeling restricted by your fear, you know, people who really care about you, people who recognize the potential in you, you know, you, you got to hold people accountable for the other person who's stricken by fear to step outside of it. And, you know, so I, I love I love the fact that you mentioned this in your book because Michael was taken to task. Yep. You know, <laughs> Michael was taken to task. And for anything that people say they want to uh, eradicate in their lives, one thing to identify that you have a particular issue. So in Michael's case, it was fear. But do you, is it enough to just say, okay, yeah, I've got a fear of this or I've got a phobia of that or I've got some kind of neuroses or I've got some kind of whatever that's holding me back. But, you know, the next step is taking massive action to overcome it and to make it work for you, make it serve you. Mm-hmm. Um so to hear the the outcome of this for Michael and the success story that's attached to that and the fact that he courageously stepped into it, stepped in and stepped up with your assistance, uh, you know, I love these testimonials, uh, real-life testimonials, because no doubt, Lou, there's tons of people who are tuned into our program right now who are facing the same types of challenges. So what would you say to these people? Yeah, the, mo- the most important thing is to first identify and put a name to what that fear is. You could, everyone's got different names of it. Um, you know, an imposter syndrome, a fear of, uh, a fear of failure, uh, a fear, a fear of, of not getting to where you want to get to. Or, and there's, by the way, there's, there's a fear of uh, failure and a fear of success. I've seen people actually who are literally afraid to, um, call back the client and take the business in the order because once it comes in, they're not sure they're going to be able to handle it. Once you put a name to it, what you need to do is, is flip the fear in its head. You need to spin it. You literally have to turn it upside down 
and say in the failure example, look, everyone uses that baseball example, you know, the best baseball players in the world fail 70% of the time. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, guess what? You know, you're going to fail. Accept it. And guess what? There's a chance you might succeed a couple of those times. If you're afraid the client's going to say no to you, one of my favorite things in sales, by the way, if you've ever managed the sales team, there are pipeline reports that people have. And they have to, you know, there'll be certain things that are always on the pipeline. Hey, what's going on with company XYZ? They've been on the pipeline for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, and no one actually is able to scratch it off. And part of, and one of the responses, oh, I'm waiting to hear back from them. I'm waiting. <laughs> Well, you know what? Pick up the phone and go get to it. I have this expression, and I use it for everything. It's it's such a good thing, whether it's business or personal decisions. Get to know faster. You actually want to hear no really quickly because that gives you more time to now focus on the yeses that are actually going to be the time you want to spend on. So pick up the phone. Bingo. Bingo. Well, let me ask you this then, because again, for listeners, people, you know, we talk about this quite often on my show, Lou, you know, people, whether it's the Deepak Chopra's, whether it's the Lou Diamonds, whether it's the Dove Barons, whether it's the Jeffrey Hazlitt's, you know, people listen to my guests, people look at the fact that I have my own show, I have other things going on behind the scenes, and people just make these assumptions that this just happens overnight. There's a certain sector or population within uh, our society that, you know, only good things happen to people, you know, whether it's a recognizable name, whether it's the size of their bank account, whether it's what they're driving, whether it's all the success that seems to be surrounding them. You know, these things don't happen overnight. And I think it was Tony Robbins who said, you know, what people see publicly, uh, you know, in terms of people's successes and momentum, you know, you have no idea what's gone on behind the scenes, all the, the, the trials and tribulations, the failures, the doors and the being slammed in your face, the rejections. But the, the essential ingredient and why I'm very selective with who I choose to bring on radio is because whether you're a household name or not, what I love about my guests is one, the fundamental core belief in self, because you do. I mean, to execute anything in your life or to achieve a milestone or to recognize self-growth and self-development within yourself, you need to be able to step into it. So people who believe in themselves, people who love themselves and people who are of service and pay it forward to others, I mean, Gratitude is what it's all about. And it's also very getting very clear on I need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and I need to get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. So what were your fears at one point that you felt <laughs> you needed to overcome? That's great. By the way, just the fact that I, I was in that fearsome foursome of, uh, of, <laughs> of Deepak Jeffrey and, uh, and Tony Robbins, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel pretty good today. So it's, it's, it's all good. Okay, so so the – Look, everyone has these these fears of things that hold them back. I'd say my fear, my fear actually goes into, um, it's not a fear of failure because that drives everybody. Everyone's always you know driven by something to bounce up there. Um, mine is a little bit of, I, I love making people amazing. You know, you talked about your sense of self, Lisa, and that great people have an understanding of that. And you are right, by the way. No one knows what goes behind the scenes. Um, a lot, I've actually heard one of my favorite person is, oh man, that guy's so lucky. Um, make it clear, the harder you work, the luckier you are. And, um, it takes a lot of work. Like, as we talk about, um, as I talk about when I coach people or I write in the book, I describe this connecting core that you really have to work on. You have to work on these, these four elements of how to connect with people. And, and I'm all about 
when I meet someone, it's not so much about myself. I think about the person I'm talking to. Like, how can we make Lisa's show great? What do we want to talk about here that's going to address it? Um, how can we make her connected to the people we want to? That That's the way that I think because that selfless mindset of really embracing the power of empathy, one of the other muscles, yeah. is, is, is the thing that if I don't do that well, that's my fear. My fear is that if I don't stretch my muscles and help the people around me and, and I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing people, make them more amazing. If I don't do that, then I'm letting down the rest of the world. That's what I, that's what I fear. That's, I act, that. that's what keeps me literally going in. Uh, just yesterday, I met with uh, a, a company that is, uh, they do something really incredible, actually. They, they deal with a very high end product and they have some brilliant people there and they are at the top of their game and they want to get better. And you would think that, that it's a miserable place over there and they're not doing well. They're not making any money They're Everything is falling off the cliff because these people have set such high expectations for their success that even just dropping a little bit, getting back to like, you know, an A minus average, not like an F or a D. These people have just dropped a little bit and they feel like the world is falling apart. Okay. There, there's two things about this. One, I love dealing with people like this because these because <laughs> these are the people that you could really just say look how much more they can go. I mean these are the ones who are going to change the world. And and the other thing that's great about it is that there's a need to to make sure that these people recognize that what their stuff is great and if they spread this out they're almost spreading their greatness to others and that's how we all grow through that that power of connections with others to really take it that way so my fear is that if if uh, if i don't get the message out if i don't deliver this to everybody if i don't help the most amazing people get more amazing we all suffer that's literally what i go through you know i'm not responsible for it i recognize that and we all have to work together but those are the little little th things that keep me in the in the day saying okay who can i make more amazing today beautiful Absolutely beautiful. So aside from Michael Thomas, as I, you know, we already talked about, uh, cited in chapter four, uh, the fearless mindset of your book, um, what other testimonials or real life experiences that you've played a pivotal role? You've been very instrumental getting your, you know, rolling up your sleeves and helping people get out of the trenches and get off the fence in their own lives. Is there another person in particular? Names are not necessary, obviously. Uh, but, uh, is there, is there one particular person, client that you've connected with in such a way that you just, you know, what they've manifested for themselves and where they're at currently is just huge? Huge. Yeah. Um, and I'll keep the names out just for yeah. – because that is a piece. But but I'll, I'll use it in, in, in a general sense that um, I had a client that was going to shut the doors of their business. And they were – and they were – they took something on all by themselves, uh, did a startup, did this whole thing. And, and they were going to – they were going to close the doors way earlier than they should have. They, they weren't, they, they, you know, they thought it would be easier right out of the gate. There were some, you know, conditions in the business environment that made things challenging for them. And they, they really were at a point where they just, you know, I can't, I've never, it was almost like that A to A minus person. They've never really failed significantly before. And, and not doing well in their book was not, was really making them down and, and, and taking them down to a level that was – that almost felt like they had been broken. Mm -hmm. And and I was so impressed with the, with the idea of what this person had come up with, but I was even more impressed with 
the fact that after only such a period of time, they were already upset with themselves. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on one second. You've only been at this for six to eight months. Um, this isn't like you've been doing this for one, 18 months, two years. I go, you have to, you have to give yourself a little leeway. You have to work with yourself and, and figure out what those goals are. And, they, and there were clear goals with what he was trying to achieve. And what we actually did was we tried to understand really what the short-term goals were and more importantly, where they wanted to go and what he wanted out of his life. It wasn't just about the numbers. It was the lifestyle now that he was leading was also a little more positive. He was spending more time with his family. He didn't have to travel to where he was doing his work anymore. This new opportunity actually was giving him a lot of other pluses that he wasn't throwing into the equation of success. He wasn't recognizing that he actually was now more fit and had lost a little bit of weight because he had time to work out. He also had been establishing a really smart idea for what he was doing, but I guess because of what he was doing business-wise, he wasn't seeing the returns he wanted right away. He he was about to say, I think I'm giving up on this. And and I and I didn't tell him to not give up. I asked him what he thought was a fair amount of time and what he wanted to work on. And we recognized really getting back to that your fearless mindset, he, he was afraid to fail, but I think he was also afraid, well, if he goes a little bit further down this pipeline, it, it could be worse and he'd lose more money and he wouldn't you know, get to what he wanted to do. And and working with him, what I'm most proud of is, and his business is definitely on the upswing. And after now, it is almost two years from a year and a half from that time, his business is up. It's, it's looking good. It feels strong, but I looked at how confident he is and how now he knows he needed that initial drop down to succeed. Everyone needs the failure to win. Yeah. If, if he came right out of the gate and he started doing great right away, it would have been the worst thing that could have ever happened. So sometimes you need a you need a different perspective and a mind mindset that's based on the experiences that you're happening at the time. What you need, what I did for that person was help them see the bigger picture, but more notably, help them to move through it and strengthen those other core muscles to connect to other people, other relations. I had him actually talk to other people who went through the exact same problems that he went through. And that helped tremendously because he knew he wasn't alone. He knew he had he could learn from those folks um, and learn a little bit from me. And from there, it's been fun to watch him just bounce back. The resiliency is out of all the things. It's it's not a, a game changing piece of the world, but for what it was to him, it was huge. Wow. Meant, yeah. I love that, Lou. I love that. And, and you know, why I see you as a true leader and why I think you're so successful and so relatable is just what you said in the last sentence there. You know, your job was essentially done. A lot of leaders, a lot of people who are mentoring, coaching would have just said, okay, you know, I've done my bit. We've seen some rise in success. We've seen some uh, increased confidence and whatnot. But, no, you still take it that extra level, and you see where else you can help this person uh, remain on that track. And by introducing them to other people who are going through similar type circumstances, you've allowed this person to become somewhat more of an expert leadership in something that other people are also battling with. And so what that would have done exponentially additionally to his confidence, uh, how he would have been viewed upon by his peers. Uh, and again, it's another accountability piece and it's reinforcing we're not, we're not in this alone. So where he felt he was alone probably before you stepped in, you know, because you were able to, uh, get your hands dirty and say, no, like, let's figure this out together. Him benefiting from that and him 
probably very truly uh, respectfully appreciating what you did for him, he probably thought, well, there's an opportunity now for me to pay it forward to somebody else who's going through what I went through. I love that. That's leadership. Thank you. And, 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 I'll, and I'll add a little to this, Lisa, and that is too often when we think of people come to me because they're interested in connecting to others. That's actually one of the things that they like to work with. Hey, I'm, if they're an entrepreneurial firm trying to raise money or they're trying to increase their sales, they're trying to connect. I'm part of my network of contacts is some of the other things that I help people consult and do, deal with. Um, when we forget about the fact that you also are – the power of connection and how important it is to connect with somebody is also to understand the trials and tribulations that they're going through, to have that shared moment of the bad times, the difficult times, because that part of the connection actually really even makes you stronger. It's not – just the upside that we all think of. Hey, if I connect to this person, I'm going to grow and go with this. You're going to grow when you learn about the bad things too. Um, a lot of young entrepreneurs are, and I've been working with a, a series of them. There's one gentleman who's actually out in Europe. Um, we speak once a week via Skype at totally different times of the day, which I always love. Um, and, and I'm working with him. He's looking to me also for a little bit of experience because he's he's so young and he's looking at the road ahead and he wants to see it because he wants to feel those pains and connect to the people that have gone through the same thing he does. That's equally important in this in this journey, as you would use, of as you grow and connect with people, getting both the goods and the bad so that you can learn from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, Lou, why don't you talk to us a little bit about who some of your key pivotal mentors have been, either tangible, intangible, maybe a combination of the two? Yep. Um, well, I'll start from – I guess from birth, uh, <laughs> sure. uh, you know, they, they, they always joke. It took me a long time for me to realize what I wanted to do. And it makes sense because my dad was a phenomenal salesperson and my mom is a coach. And Fantastic. it is interesting that it took me my whole life to just look really immediately <laughs> to figure it out. But both have been, both have been incredible mentors to me. Um, in the way that I connect with people and, and whether it's from a, whether it's charm or kindness or the ability to listen, my, my, both, both my parents have this tremendously. I'll say my father listens more than my mom, who will definitely talk more. That's definitely, that's, that, those are moms for you. Uh, however, the, uh, the, the focus and caring and the drive to keep moving forward is something that, um, that I know is, is, is in both of them. And my mom always instills out there. So those are, those are two key mentors. Um, I've worked with, with some amazing people along the way. I, I, I went through, I, I earned my, uh, political stripes, if you would, working through, I forgot how many accounting firms there are, but it used to be eight, then six, then four. It's probably just one accounting firm now. Uh, but I worked at what is now, um, Accenture and, uh, Deloitte Consulting, and there were incredible partners there and learning how to be professional in the workplace. Uh, I learned from a series of, uh, of great coaches along the way that, that have helped me understand really how to connect with people. Um, and most interestingly is I've had a lot of people work for me and I have probably learned more from those that have, um, worked underneath me at whether on sales teams or, um, uh, at Thrive and in different ways that I've worked with people that I've probably grown from that and seeing some incredible things. Uh, you know, everyone keeps talking about the millennial workforce and all the issues and trying to deal with this multi-generational aspect in, in the workplace. Um, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm inspired by some of these amazing people, yes. and some of the things that they have out of them. 
Um, I hate when they use the word millennial because when I came out or, you know, we're, we're close in age, you know, we're, we're at least like, we're, we're 29 plus. Um, we, we, uh, when we came out into the workforce, we, we obviously, we didn't have a label and a name to us and, and we were just the new people coming in and, you know, we were younger than the older people that were there. All the same stuff that's there might be a little different because of the challenges of technology and the, and the environment we live in. There's some incredible people there that I have learned from as well. So grabbing it from both sides um, has been that way. Uh, I I was trying to think if there was one specific person. I think in in my world and the way I connect with people, it's all those people that have helped me grow throughout my life. There's a lot of them. It would be silly for me to just pick off one, except for my parents. I think that would be that would be fair. (laughs) And so in the business world, who are you most drawn to? Um. There's two sides. I, I love working with the top leaders, uh, CEOs of companies. I, I am fascinated by some of them, specifically ones that have started the companies themselves, uh, entrepreneurs that have literally started from nothing and built the company to great pieces. One of my clients uh, has been in business for close to 30 years, uh, you know, started off with one sale to one particular client and has grown it to, you know, a, a multi-million dollar business every single year. Um, with with numerous people working from them in many different locations. I love seeing those people that have gone through the growth, and they're always looking at the challenges of that. Uh, I look at some of the – I look some of the obvious professional icons, you know, from from Bill Gates to, to Steve Jobs to obviously even to Warren Buffett. You know, I did work on Wall Street a while. You, you, you can't knock this guy for all the things he's done. <laughs> I, uh, and the way that he looks at people, like actually, it's one of the, it's a great sales and, and a connecting piece. Um, I do this test right now where when I'm deciding to work with a company or a business or I'm helping a company decide why, define their why, their super why, why yes. they're in business and what they do, I have this thing that if I told it to my 14 year old daughter and she understood what it is and I told it to my, you know, the older generation, let's say 70 and above, and they understood what it is, you've got it. There's too often too many times people in both of those, if they don't get it, one or the other, it needs to be tweaked and worked on. That means you're not connecting to to everyone as to what it is you do or why you do what you do. Absolutely. Well, talking about leadership, what do you think is lacking right now in our culture with leadership? So communication is is where I where I would lead this, and I say this that the leaders of companies have a real challenge today. Um, the speed at which business moves is unbelievable. Uh, you know, I don't know if you heard this recently. Accenture, who my the first company I ever worked with, uh, they have eliminated the annual review process because uh, basically at the end, you know, you'd, you'd meet in January, you'd set your goals. You'd finish up in December. You'd have a sit down. Let me tell you, January from that past, you know, December all the way looking back to January, that is, it was like, you don't even know if it was in the same calendar year. It's so long ago. There's too long, too long of a spread for where goals are. People have to be um, evaluated and looked at more frequently. And I think that's true for a lot of companies, not as large as Accenture, even smaller places, uh, take things in much smaller bites. And, and uh, leadership needs to communicate not only upward to board members or investors um, or to, to shareholders because, you know, too often they, they're, they're managing upward in that outward communication and not enough inward, yes. not, enough, not enough helping the people who are really driving and growing the company. And uh, I'll tell you, I, you talk about someone I am inspired by. 
Mr. Zuckerberg of Facebook, I love this. You know, Facebook Facebook Live is fascinating and is is quite amazing. And he's done these hackathons where these kids have been up all night long. And I say kids because they really are kids. Uh, <laughs> they've been coming up with all these different products. And then in in the office at Facebook in uh, in California, they he's got them on live and he's hearing all the different ideas and they're right then and there. He's doing it two reasons. There's innovation that he's grabbing it right away from them. And he's communicating it to everybody. He's letting everyone in the world, this is what we're doing here at Facebook. And I want everyone to see the amazing things that we've got here. It's a recruiting tool. It's an investor tool. It's a business tool, but it's also a phenomenal leadership tool because he's, he's using it to be able to connect with everyone. And if everyone had that type of, span like what we're doing right now we're trying to read the masses and communicate out this way this is why radio shows and podcasts are are becoming the new vimeos and youtube that's where it's heading because we want to hear these things more frequently and more often and we could reach many people with it and through many different devices so i think that's the biggest thing that's missing right now is better communication and i also think um it's this equal balance of uh of, of listening I think uh, leaders need to listen internally and externally, and they need to really get to that point that they spend all this energy listening to their clients and growing their business. They have to listen to the internal stuff as well. They've got to balance those two together. That's what great leaders do. Listen to the right things and put it all um, forward. So those two pieces, communication and listening. Beautiful. What I would also add to that, which I talk about quite often on radio as well and in my own live streams and any platform that affords me the opportunity to share the message is, you know, I talk quite openly and honestly about the benefits and I think it's, it's essential. It's pivotal to trust your own intuition. You know, in terms of listening, yes, it's at a micro level or at a macro level in business, both has its place in terms of, you know, the people on the grounds who are, are making what people see externally that successful, not just the people who are out there hitting the pavement and advertising the services, but the people who actually built the company, built the product, built the service. So, um, you know, but I, I say, you know, and I've learned this along the way through not listening to myself intuitively when something Something speaks to me, my inner voice. I, I don't shut that out. I, that's oftentimes where people yeah. look back on regret and go, geez, you know, I had that inclination. I had that, that, that voice that was speaking to me and I failed to take it seriously. I failed to act upon it. So, I mean, obviously for what you're doing, Lou, and for the line of work you're in and for how successful you are, I mean, I don't know if you want to speak to that too in terms of your little spin on that for the listener's benefit. I get, we got so professional on this. I love it. I love, I love how you did. I was like, I'm going to be on the least. It's going to be comedy hour for, 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 for our 50 minutes, but we, we got real here. I like it. Uh, Lisa, the, I think the message I'd say, and, and we, we do this with thrive and that is, um, it's so important. It's that, that as we're talking about that two way piece, we talked about the people working in the company and getting, getting them and their point of view in and people maybe being afraid to hold back. Look, Walk through those fears. Know what they are. Uh, don't be afraid to speak up. That's one of my unbelievable things is how often people feel that because there's some form of hierarchy or whatnot in an organization that they won't voice their opinions. I'm not saying shout out every single thing that comes to your mind, but it's more along the lines of saying the things that are really going to matter that are going to help other people. Um, put on that, that – embrace that power of empathy. Uh, that's one of the, the connecting core pieces, which is – Getting in there and truly understanding what are my leaders thinking about? What do they need to know? 
So, and then, and equally, they should be saying, what does my team really need from me right now? That balance between the two and in an intra organization and that piece is, is so not managed well. This is, this is why, um, there's been so much talk on internet chatter, virally social media about the challenges, uh, with, the multi-generational component of working right now with different groups, uh, different demands and different needs from a set of different skill sets. But there's so much value between the two of them that they can learn if they connect a little bit better. Not to be afraid of it, but to embrace it and figure out how they can work better. That, to me, that's where that's where I love working with. I'm doing that with a couple of companies right now, kind of connecting the dots on that front uh, and, and also helping them to drive forward with it. All of this is about growing and prospering, whether as individuals in your company, you're out outward product. That's the message that I've had is that, you know, at Thrive, that's what we focus on. And and the book was was a way to highlight it as a good reference, but living and acting this stuff every day is what we do and in, in helping people coach through it. So that was a little bit of a plug. That sounded really pluggy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yes. listeners. I didn't mean it, but it came out that way. I meant it. I meant it from the heart. That was authenticity at its best. Of course it was. Of course it was. And, you know, and I oftentimes say, too, you know, people aren't going to buy into you if you don't buy into yourself. So, yeah. you know, you got to step into that. And uh, and you've got to do it boldly. You've got to do it courageously. And you've got to do it loudly. So good for you. you you've honed that very exceptionally well, Lou. Um, so being cognizant of time, we're going to have to wrap up shortly. And, of course, the hour always goes too quickly for my too life. Fast. It, Way it too does. Fast. It does because this is my world. You're talking my language, and I just love yummy people. I love learning <laughs> from my guests. Uh, you know, I I take notes through the interview because I'm always writing down things uh, that can further propel me on the right direction or something said in such a way that it resonates with me differently than my previous way of thinking. I already thought I knew something uh, or was implementing something. So this has been really um, beneficial for me, Lou. I can't thank you enough. Um, I, yeah, I just feel like I got like a thousand dollar session out of you. <laughs> I'm going to have to have my rates. No, anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. But um, I also want to make mention, too, that uh, just throwing some humor in this, not that there hasn't been some laughs along the way throughout our hour, which I'm grateful for. But um, Lou's also a bit of a matchmaker. He tells me there's 10 people he wants to actually set me up with. <laughs> so, so this is really funny. So, so you know, you send, you send out your promotion of the show on Facebook, and uh, it comes in. And I, I send it out to a whole distribution of friends. And, 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 you know, you never know. Facebook, you have no idea where everything goes who's listening and who responds back. And I got about three three or four legitimate people who called me and then another five or six that actually sent like instant messages to me saying, dude, who's who's this Lisa McDonald uh, person? You know, I've got a couple of people up in the Ontario area. I'll, I'll keep my eyes out open for you, Lisa. So, you know, I don't think you should have any problem. <laughs> I'll have to be the ma- that truly connecting people. The, matchma- the matchmaking service is open. I, I'll, I'll take inquiries. As callers come in, we'll see what we can set up. So, Well, there you go. I think there's another outlet, another gateway for you to extrapolate upon and, and maximize and, and monetize on perhaps. <laughs> But, yes. um, but Lou, I just want to, uh, I've got Cameron, the network owner in the sidebar saying diamond matchmaker. <laughs> I saw it, yeah. <laughs> you know, look, we're always looking for, my, my wife is always saying, hey, figure out other revenue sources, figure out other ideas. Here's one right there. So it goes this way. <laughs> Fantastic. So in closing, what parting words would you like to, uh, say that would hopefully resonate? And also, where can people find you? Okay, great. Um, I'll give my uh, – where they could find me uh, are thrivepartners.net, which is 
in progress. It's, it's, uh, the new site is being launched very, very soon. Um, on any social media, at, it's at Thrive Lou D. So at Twitter and Facebook, you could find us there. Uh, and obviously, uh, Master of the Art of Connecting is links are, are everywhere that you could find on all these different places. Uh, Final words are, are good things to leave with. Uh, I always like to say, be brief, be bright, be gone. And uh, although we've been here for almost an hour, so we've broken that rule. But, uh, no, I think it's important. I think we always want to um, get to your point really quickly. Um, really it, share your genius and your brilliance and, uh, and, then, and, then, and then move on and, and go connect to others. It's a good, good lesson for those whenever they're speaking. Uh, the other thing I would say, and, and I talked about this in the book. I'll take it from my dad's uh, – my dad's comment. This was about uh, when you when you become a master connector and you've um, achieved the ability to connect in the gold zone, which is when more than three or more great connectors get together. That overlapping space that they work, everything happens faster and 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 quicker. Deals get done in in a speed that's incredible, and the potential is huge when you bring master connectors all together at once. But to stay in the gold zone, we say to keep your eye on the ball and follow through. And and I think that's a, a, an expression my dad has been giving to me uh, ever since I was a little kid. Whether the sport had a ball in it or not, it didn't make a difference. <laughs> um, but it is true, and, I, and, and I've taken that as to focus um, on, on the task at hand and what you need to do and do not do anything half-assed. Uh, follow through with everything. Look, it's not going to succeed on everything, but give it your best effort and work hard at it. And getting back to that other thing, the harder you work – the luckier you are. Those would be my uh, three little quotes for you here, Lisa. Excellent. Excellent. Well, depending on any given mood that I feel on a particular day, I just I sum it up with, here's your hat, what's your hurry? I love that. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to say thank you once again, Lou, for the gift of your time. You've been absolutely lovely here. The podcast will shortly be released, and once it is, I'll be uh, sending it your way. I'll be uploading it to all my social media outlets, and perhaps we bring you back here uh, down the road when there's more fantastic stuff uh, to share. Perhaps it's book number two, whatever the case may be. would love to have you back. Uh, to my listening audience, I want to say thank you once again for taking the time out of your schedule to tune into my show. My name is Lisa McDonald. I'm the host of Living Fearlessly. I go live every Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Contact Talk Radio Network. I want to thank you as well for being one of over 130,000 podcast subscribers over on iTunes. Uh, it means a lot to me. It means that uh, the types of guests and the, the content and the value of what people are bringing to the show is resonating with the listeners. That makes me very happy more than anything else aside from the numbers. Uh, so I just want to wish everybody a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. I would encourage you to connect with Lou Diamond. Again, you can find out the information, play it back on the podcast, and uh, Lou would only be too happy to answer your questions and connect because he is the master connector. Right. So this is Lisa McDonald, Dundas, Ontario, Canada, wishing everyone a fantastic, safe weekend. Love and gratitude to all. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.